Welcome to Side Talks Podcast. It's a podcast. We talk about the movie. Yes, it is. Who, who are you, mysterious singer? I am Rachel Morgan. I am the creative director for the Sidewalk Film Festival and Cinema. Oh, I thought you were you were wearing like an ice cream cone costume, a la the masked singer. Oh, and, um, yeah. There's there's a there's a cultural reference for you. Yeah, singing um, Old Town. Is what, what is it? Old Town Road. Is that yeah. What it's called. Yeah, yeah. That's what it's called. Gonna take my horse to the old Everybody. Is that uh, it? Like Not only you. deleted this podcast, but unsubscribed <laughs> from the podcast. I thought it was great, but Thank you. You know, there's Thank no accounting you. for taste. Uh, my name's Corey Kraft. Uh, we're here to talk about cinema, not Old Town Road. I take my overstool. Is that the lyric? I mean, I, I don't know. Well, I, think I can so. tell you this is as good as it was on Mass Singer. It's equal to. <laughs> I'm not saying a lot. I'm going to take my overstool. That's all I can do. Get ready for a five-minute fight. Five-minute round one fight. Oh my gosh, you know what it's time for. It's time for a five-minute fight. Five-minute fight! Let's do it. All right, start that timer because I don't have a whole lot to say about this one. Neither do a I, movie, actually. A movie that I think is pretty good. Um, this <laughs> this is uh, Karen Kusama's Destroyer, her follow-up to The Invitation, which was a great movie that great played at, at, at Sidewalk. We both agree on that one. It was on my top 200 list. Yeah, and Destroyer was kind of her anticipated like studio follow-up to The Invitation, yeah. a gritty cops and robbers-ish sort of movie with your wife, Nicole Kidman starring. Thank you for getting that right this as, time. Well, you're welcome. You're welcome. Um, she she stars in this movie as the most busted former undercover cop uh, <laughs> imaginable. Now, Rachel, I think that this is a pretty fun, pretty decent uh-huh. movie with a really good central performance, and it does some neat things with like chronology and um, kind of jumps around in time, you know, while telling this story. Um, it's a perfectly fine little movie. No. Okay, well, explain why it isn't. Well, I think neat is an interesting way to describe it. Okay. I'm not thrilled with this sort of hodgepodgey kind of approach at uh, at the way that time works. Sure. You know, I that, that trips me up a lot. Uh, not that you can't do it. I think there are films that do it really well. Yeah. I think there are more films that don't do it well at all. This sort of, you know moving through time mm-hmm. not in a chronological order and um and you know how I feel about a flashback but that that's not really the issue here. No, the that's issue- not the issue. The flashbacks are not delineated. You don't really know that you're watching flashbacks until yeah. you get to the end of the movie and it kind of all falls into place. That's n- I'm rarely am I a fan of that. And so that's one of the things. Now I will say Nikki Kay in this once again as we've talked about Amy Adams, I do pause on this and kind of go, "Okay, well this is I kind of like this aesthetic cuz now I might have a chance with her." Oh my God. Um, you know, the prosthetics are you know, make her look terrible. Absolutely she, she terrible. She doesn't look great. She's busted up is a really good way to put it. And I mean, by the end, she looks like, you know, when Winona Ryder's character at the end of Heather's is sort of, yes. that's the essence of what she looks like uh, <laughs> without any humor around it, though. At least not blatantly. I do feel like there's maybe a tinge of humor here, a thread, but not enough so. Not no, enough so. This is a pretty serious movie. Yeah. And I think that's part of it where I fault it is it, it takes itself very, very seriously. It is... And and I'm going to admit, I have not, I really have not watched this in a very long time. Mm-hmm. It's been a few years. I only saw it once in theaters. And, yeah. Know. So neither one of us is really well prepared for this argument today. But I do remember disliking it highly and feeling like it was extremely formulaic. Yeah. That it, it the script was, was weak at best. That instead of focusing on the emotional core of the character, it, it threw too many other characters and too many 
sort of it's too much trickery at us that doesn't really work very well. And it just I, – I, I want it to be over at the 45-minute mark. I, wow. I, it felt tedious as hell to me. That's and interesting. And that's with Nicole Kidman yeah, in yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Granted, looking busted up, but still. It's with Nicole Kidman. It's with, with Karen Kusama behind the camera. Right. Oh, um, uh, I should like this film. You, yeah. And, and honestly, like it's come up in conversation between us a couple times, you know, since it came out back at the end of 2018 or whatever. Right. Uh, and I was honestly pretty surprised you didn't at least kind of like this film because I walked out of it pretty satisfied. I, you know, it's kind of a sunny L.A. noir thing, so I always have kind of a soft spot for that. I usually do, too. Um, it's got a pretty good, like, bank robbery sequence where um, she she gets in a foot chase after some, some bank robbers in a pretty intense way uh, that I responded to that comes about, I don't know, halfway through the movie or something like that. Yeah. It's compellingly shot. I thought, um, and and some of the supporting characters, like is Sebastian Stan, her partner or something, so. and like Bradley Whitford shows up, and uh, you know there's some fun little supporting roles here that I think, um, you know, they add something to the movie. I, I'm not going to disagree with you and say that this is a movie of great depth because I don't think it is. No, I think it intends to to some degree to be a character study of the central character, and she is not given a tremendous amount to play other than prosthetics. I mean, that's, yeah. it's all hiding. It's all, it's hanging its hat on this. Like, well, remember when we made Charlize Theron look ugly. Right. And it, it also hangs its hat on like this mother daughter relationship doesn't work. that doesn't Don't really care. get off the, the ground. Yeah. What I, side I, I are you arguing right now? Well, I'm, I'm arguing that ultimately this is a pretty decent movie mm-hmm. uh, because despite these flaws, like there's enough compelling action stuff and, Kidman is is a compelling enough central presence that it certainly captured my attention. Is this going to be my favorite Karen Kusama movie? Obviously not. I'd rank, you know, The Invitation and Jennifer's way, Body. Way, I mean, way, above way, this. way above this. But, and you know, it's it's also like Hero with the Death. Sorry, I'm gonna just Hero with the Death Wish. Ooh, never seen that before. I mean, that's like Lethal Weapon. That's but it, like it is part of the the noir thing. I mean, yes and no. It, it leans too much into shit we've seen before. Anyway, mm. I'm sorry. I'll stop. Sam. Sam coming in with some hot takes on a movie that nobody has seen. Destroyer. Yeah, nobody. <laughs> that's, that is another good point. Yeah. And nobody probably, after listening to both of us, by the way, will want to see it. Yeah. The, the, you the, didn't the, come strong the, the with anything. The most pro <laughs> argument is, you know, it's all right. Yeah, that argument got heated. Wow. Um, <laughs> uh, okay, um, so Corey said it's a perfectly fine little movie, and I'm inclined to agree, you know. Um, oh, God. doesn't seem of like there's anything are. wrong with it. Um, yeah, she looks like trash, but um, <laughs> yeah, uh, so I'll keep this short. Corey wins, but only by a little bit. Um, yeah. That's... And he wins only because he's Corey. Only well, by like I a tiny little bit. Brad, I just made a just great a case points. for why this film wasn't good. Corey agreed with most of my fucking points. No, and I, I didn't agree with lost. most of your Brad, points. I want to know that Brad's shaking his head yes. But but Sam, Sam, that, that check is in the mail. Programming regrets coming this fall. You know what this segment is. Well, it's a new segment. Yeah. New-ish. New-ish, and it it doesn't happen that often. We're going to do it every once in a while. We're we're calling it regrets. Regrets. (laughs) (laughs) Programmer regrets. And I try to do it really sad. You sounded like a deflating balloon. I know. And the first one we did was, you know, about the rejection of, uh, of a film called, do you remember this? 
well, creative I, nonfiction yeah, directed by Lena Dunham. Lena Dunham's film. That's oh, I rejected it. Yeah. Oh well. Um. Anyway, go back and listen to that episode if you haven't heard it because I think it's it's kind of some fun programming kind of back talk. Um. But this this one's a little different. This okay. is a film from 2013, directed by Matthew Porterfield. Porterfield. Yeah. Um. And it's called I Used to Be Darker. Okay. Have you seen this film? I haven't. Um. But when it came out, I know that it got some notice and acclaim from. Uh, critics who pay attention to indie stuff, and I think it got picked up for you know bare you know small yeah. distribution, um, but it made some waves. And Matt Matt Porterfield has made some follow up films that have been also somewhat acclaimed, I think. Um, but I never saw this one. Great director, I believe I saw this film at the Maryland Film Festival. Uh-huh. That would track probably because the film does take place in Baltimore. It's a very Baltimore centric film. Yeah. It is uh, also just kind of notable here is one of the ways he crowdfunded this is he was he said if I can raise this much money which I don't remember how much it was I will get a, a tattoo on my arm a very large tattoo on my arm that said I used to be darker and so he he ended up having to get a very big um, wow. tattoo of the name of this film on his arm which you know this is back before everybody was getting tattoos to to crowd to crowdsource <laughs> things including including our executive director Chloe Cook who I think we can say right now will get another tattoo maybe on her neck uh, if somebody wanted to write a check for a million dollars right now a million dollars and I chloe will get a, a neck, neck tattoo. tattoo i'm gonna say that for her on her behalf okay so uh, are you are you authorized to do that and no, what, I'm is, not. what does the tattoo course, have to be of course no, i mean we, we need, to, we need to have a, a side sidebar about this neck okay, tattoo we'll, situation we'll, we'll do that later i feel okay, like right. i will have her let us know but i feel like you know we'll do a retractions if i'm wrong <laughs> but i feel like she would get a small you know neck tattoo probably for one million dollar donation but I could be wrong. Okay. So anyway, point is Matt, uh, Matthew Porterfield definitely has the it has this very large on his arm, and this film it, it is a regret because of this. This is this is let me get again go back to 2013. Uh huh. This is a, an era when we programmed very little that would have been available in other ways. Sure. That would have been, you know, something that was VOD or programmed a lot of other festivals or heck at some point probably a little before 2013 it even had played at the local amc we just wouldn't do it right that all that all changed around 2015 i think it was when when we really started looking at things a little bit differently and certainly now y'all i mean uh totally different world but um what i can what i'll tell you about this film is that i saw it and i it was available in some other way Mm -hmm. i think it might have been on vod and and for that reason we were in my defense we were a little bit late in the programming game when i found it so the, I think the lineup was like at ninety eight percent. Sure. So we were very very close, and it would have been it would have been a shuffle to get it in, and because it was on VOD, I didn't. But I spent that whole festival thinking about that film and how I wish I'd programmed it. Not that we didn't have other great uh, films in the festival in 2013. We certainly did. But this would have been such an amazing addition. And I have thought about the film a lot and went back and watched it again, and and really really loved this film. Um, so anyway, it is what it's about is um, sort of a, run, a runaway, sort of left left town young woman who goes to live with her aunt and uncle, mm-hmm. and the aunt and uncle are having marriage issues, and the marriage is breaking up, and the dynamic of her coming in it, it has an impact on their relationship, and it's a very just insular family dynamics and a little bit of chaos entering into chaos, which creates more chaos. Yeah. And the couple happens to be in, in a band, and so it has a it has a musical thread throughout that is really really wonderful. Hmm. And so it's a gr- I think it's a great film for musicians to watch because it's also too about uh, dynamics of 
of folks who have played music together and have this sort of other layer of uh, of intimacy and great film some great original music for this film and highly recommended and i do wish it is a big regret i wish we had programmed it and i wish i could say this was a alum film that this was something we screened at sidewalk yeah so would have been great for my sunday morning actually my sunday morning special that i did at the alabama theater so anyway i used to be darker highly recommended programming regret Okay, guess what it's time for? Well, it's time for Pick a City. Yep. The segment where you pick a city from a selection of four written down on folded pieces of paper at random. Yep. And I have to guess or or think of a movie that takes place in that city. Right. And so um, it's getting down to it because we've covered a lot of the majors and now we're down to some tough stuff. So I've got the four pieces of paper. I'm shuffling them around. I'm going to throw them up in the air and do the thing I do where the first one that lands on the table is the one... Oh, uh, yep, that was it. That we'll get it. Okay, okay, so this could be hard. Are you nervous? Uh, I'm a little, a little nervous because I, I messed up last time. Oh, you're not going to like it. Okay. Panama City Beach, Florida. What? And you could do Panama City proper if you prefer. And I actually know one off the top of my head, but I want to see if you can get one. Spring Breakers? Oh, interesting. Is what? that in Panama City I think City it might Beach? have been shot in Destin, but we will... No. We will. Um, while I'm still talking, Sam, can you can you check on that and let us know if Spring Breakers was actually shot in Panama City Beach, Florida? I mean, I was That's just thinking really coastal Florida. Um, great guess. Yeah, it might be. Um, I mean, it's a movie I really like. I don't think that you like it as much as I do, if I'm remembering correctly. Oh, as a matter of fact, while you're working, Sam, can you add that to our list because I really dislike Spring Breakers. <laughs> really, really dislike Spring Breakers. I wonder if we've I, actually already thought about Spring Breakers. I mean, if we did, we've it's been zapped from our memory because that film sucks. Uh, but also, there's going to be so many people who are going to disagree with me. St. Petersburg, Petersburg, Florida. Okay, so, well, not the same. So, can so you think Panama of anything else? City Beach. This is uh, a this is not a long list. I'm going to give you some credit here and not put too much heat on you because this is not a long list of films. I would imagine. Now, I could be wrong, but I would imagine not many films shot in Panama City Beach, Florida. Yeah, no, this is tough. This is tough. Mm. Trying to think of some other like weirdo Florida thing, and the only other thing I can think of is like another Harmony Corinne movie, The Beach Bum, which I think is also probably St. Petersburg or Tampa. Yeah. Um, hmm. Well, do you want to hear what I got for you? Yeah, what do you got? Actually, one of my favorite films in the world. Uh-oh. Ruby in Paradise, directed I'm, by Victor Nunes, starring you, a very young Ashley Judd. Yeah, you've told me about this movie on the podcast before, and I've never seen it. it it's amazing. It, yeah. it, it, I watched it when I was in film school. This uh-huh. film was made for like 20 bucks. Ashley Judd, nobody knew who the hell she was. He was shooting in... in like locations that one of which was like a location that he lived in. I mean, yeah. it's a, it's a very, very low budget. It also um, has a Montevallo graduate in it. Um, the woman who plays the gift store owner. Oh, no kidding. Uh, I believe so. I could be wrong, but I believe so. She was on Mel's diner that uh, an episodic television oh, show. Right, right, right. Anyway, okay. Ruby and paradise. I, I might have to retract some of that. Cause I could be wrong, but, well, you know. but I will go take a look, but I will not retract the fact that Ruby and paradise was indeed shot in Panama city beach, Florida, very much shot there. And it is a great somber look at PCB somber. It's a very somber look at PCB. Almost as somber as harmony. Corinne's filmography. <laughs> More somber. Uh, different somber. Different somber. Different somber and doesn't make me as sad. Um, it is <laughs> a young woman, Ashley Judd, escapes a domestic situation with her significant other yeah. down to Panama City Beach because as a person who, you know, is is 
sort of not let's just call it not wealthy at all um has a fond memory of being a child in pcb and having a really good time on vacation with the family and that feels like ruby and paradise get where it's going feels like paradise so she goes down there and begins to do some soul searching and it is a great look at that area and specifically that area when it's off season yeah okay great little simple film i'm into it yeah and victor nunez um taught at florida state uh southern director nice guy nice anyway highly recommended so that's uh pick a city where i once again failed well hard hard topic today hard topic Well, thank you so much for listening to Side Talks today. We are your own personal cinematic John Schnatter. Schnatter? Papa John? Uh-huh. And Patrick Doyle. Who's Patrick Doyle? The CEO of Domino's. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, anyway. Wait, okay, you, you got a choice. No, this is important. This is important. You got a choice between Papa John's and Domino's. Where are you going? Papa John's. Yeah, me too. I don't 100%. really like Domino's. Papa John's thin crust. I don't love Domino's. Yeah, I but, really don't. But, They've got a good gluten-free. But I'm not Papa gluten-free. John himself problematic fella yeah i like to call him papa jay um <laughs> you do <laughs> in what context <laughs> one of my favorite images on the web is that picture of him when he was drunk at a yeah. at a party at a like papa jay party and they're holding him up <laughs> anyway this thing is going off the rails as it do so um thanks to beltwell studios uh, check oh, us out. If Papa John's oh. wants to sponsor us, please. <laughs> so, yeah. We, Even if Papa Jay wants to sponsor us, we'll take his money. Papa Jay, I'm sorry that I said you were problematic. <laughs> uh, thanks to Batwell Studios, SidewalkFest.com. Uh, so, at Sidewalk Film on social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, where you can find news about the upcoming Sidewalk Film Festival, which as of the time you're hearing this, you have known for a while that the sidewalk film festival is uh, happening in the theater district downtown in August. Yeah. I'm it, super excited about this. It seems exciting. It, I'm excited. Very exciting. And thanks for listening and avoid the noid. Boutwell studios, podcast division, your words, our expertise. <laughs>